Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. And the Bucks hope that this will be their first victory ever. We have a great area, growing area, in Tampa, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, Sarasota, Bradenton, Lakeland, and Wenahaven, and even Wachula. Over two million fans, and it's the fastest growing area in the United States. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, live from Tampa Stadium. For the first time ever in a regular season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers enter the stadium with numbers in both the win and loss column. The Buccaneers came onto the field to a wild standing ovation from the some 60,000 plus fans at Tampa Stadium. They did not introduce any players individually. The PA announcer said, ladies and gentlemen, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Down, 18, dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon, those up the middle, and it's in the side, at the 30, Derrick Brooks 30, Brooks to the 25, he's going, Derrick Brooks all the way, there it is, the dagger's in, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby! Boom, boom, boom! Yeah! Tom Brady signing with the Tampa Bay Bucks tomorrow. Holy hell. Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's going to be a tough team to stop, I think, at this point. He said, you know what ring is my favorite one? My favorite ring is the next one. Everyone always says, why the Bucs, man? Why did you choose the Bucs? It was a no-brainer. Brady has all kinds of time. Throws toward the end zone. It is a caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Mike Evans. Eight seconds, seven seconds, Brady to throw, throws a deep pass downfield, got Scotty Miller in the open, makes the catch, touchdown Tampa Bay! Here's the snap out of the gun, play action fake pass to Gronkowski, he's going to score a touchdown, touchdown Tampa Bay, holy guacamole! And the Buccaneer Nation will celebrate, and I want to hear cannons. We do. <laughs> I want to hear cannons. For sure. And I think we are going to hear cannons. If I got to do the boom, boom, boom myself. Bucks win! Bucks win, Bucks win the Super Bowl 55. Tom Brady engineers the offense. The Buccaneers score late in the first half, early in the second half. And there are the cannons the come. Cannons. Fire them. Keep yeah. on firing them. Keep on firing them. How about the Buccaneers, huh? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. Back at you today for episode 200, and uh, how fitting. The gang is all here. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And of course, for the big 200, we had to get the uh, the practice squad guy in here, our good buddy James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation, the honorary third member of the show. How are we doing, boys? You know, it's kind of crazy that we've been doing 200 of these things. So first, I want to thank every single person out there uh, that has ever listened, subscribed, liked, commented, whatever it is, whether it be on uh, YouTube, whether it be on Apple, uh, Spotify, wherever, right? Um, you know, I got to admit, when, 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 you know, when Rhett told me who, who the third guy was going to be, I was like, it's James. I was like, are you kidding me? Because... <laughs> It makes me out to be a liar, right? Because as the, the chat is already focusing on, I assured people that it was not going to be James. I was bamboozled. That's on me. Chest pat, okay? Chest pat, that's on me. All right? But James, happy to have you here. How you doing tonight, buddy? You know, I'm a sub-in guy. I'm filling in. Yeah? That's it, it huh? S- sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My whole, I thought everything was. 
my god! No, gone. <laughs> it appears. It appears everything did go. Holy I, hell! I, I, what? I'm the plot twist. I kicked them out. So that's it. James is done. I'm happy. James to be- is done. Oh no! Oh my god! Welcome back, buddy. <laughs> what a great start. Oh no! So. Aside from James joining us for episode 200, uh, we actually have about 20 seconds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll see if he can get back from what he's going through right now. But uh, aside from all of that, ladies and gentlemen, it is game week. The Buccaneers play football in less than three days. Thursday night football. They start their title defense against the Dallas Cowboys in Raymond James Stadium. That'll be Thursday night football. I believe kickoff is right about 820. And uh, welcome back, James Hill. Glad to have you on the program, buddy. How you doing? Did you have to hard reset everything over there? or Am I here? Yeah, I like think I s- so. Okay. Like I said, I'm just happy to be here, you know? You Next guys see what I'm happens? In- like, we, we, we hyped up this, this incredible guest. We get James on the show, and then even the production value just drops. It's like- just me. It's just me, guys. <laughs> Nothing special. But uh, no, I'm happy to be here. It's awesome. Like like Evan was saying, 200 episodes. My God, you know who? I I think of the meme, right? Like who would have thought, huh? Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. Not me. Not me. You know. So it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. And you know, I I, I think that you know, I thank everybody who has supported this show because it's it's a really cool thing. Love what you guys do here. Oh yeah, brother. Every We're time, glad every, time you, well. every time you pause to say something, I think you're frozen. Yeah, I think your I think your computer's we'll, about to explode and you're gonna drop out of the show again. We'll 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 uh we'll have to wait and see if it happens again. <laughs> so uh so let's talk about some football. Like I had mentioned, we are just three days away from the Buccaneers kicking off the 2021 season at home. And uh Dak Pros- uh Dak Prescott, a healthy Dak Prescott, is coming to town and he's bringing Dallas with him. Dallas announced uh what yesterday that they are missing all-pro guard Zach Martin for this game, who has been placed on the reserve list and will not play because he's not going to be able to be clear by Thursday night. That is already a huge blow to the offensive line for Dallas. The Buccaneers coming into this game pretty healthy, uh, still kind of unsure about Jordan Whitehead, not not entirely sure what his status will be. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Let's talk about this battle in the trenches because I'll be honest with you, when I look at this game and I want to break it down, you know, I'm looking at the Buccaneers' defense. You know, I'm paying close attention to how things start for them because the last time we talked about this defense after the Houston game, you know, Evan, you were pretty clear in saying you don't really think they deserve the early exit that they got. And I will say that even though it's a limited number of snaps, what we saw from this defense in the preseason leads me to believe that, you know, they're definitely not going to be playing at the pace they were in the Super Bowl come week one. Should, I mean, and should we a, should we be concerned be, or? Well, that's to be expected. You know, week one you're going to have those jitters, and I think I believe I believe I talked about this on James's uh, video last night that this isn't an easy opponent to go right out of the gate with. Uh, you're talking about Dallas, a, a team who is predicated on scoring points yeah. and scoring a lot of them. Uh, you know, they have one of the best wide receiver trios in the NFL. Uh, Amari Cooper last season. Uh, had over a thousand yards receiving, which ranked 14th in the NFL. CD Lamb was actually ranked 25th in the NFL with 935 yards receiving. Uh, Mike Evans is, you know, on a Bucks perspective, Mike Evans ranked 18th. So the the Cowboys have two top 25 uh, receiving yards uh, uh, wide receivers, while the Bucks only have one. So that tells you. And also, they were playing with Andy Dalton for a good portion of the season. So that really tells you just how talented this wide receiver group is. And it's going to be a real test of this defense. I, I really do think it's going to be a test and they're going to have to win in, in the trenches that they, they really are. Zach Martin being out a huge loss. Uh, Connor McGovern is replacing him. And believe it or not, I actually messed up on, on James's video because I said McGovern was uh, like a veteran, like he's played on multiple teams and stuff. There's actually two Connor McGovern's in the NFL, believe it or not uh to the exact same name spelled the exact same way uh this one is a 2019 third round pick by the cowboys started eight games last year appeared in 14 had a 61.7 uh pff pro football focus grade which i don't love pro football focus but just of comparison zach martin 
had a 91.3 pro football focus grade, which was second among guards in the NFL. So that's the type of drop-off that they're about to have here. And it, it's, it's a huge loss for them and, and their entire offense. When you look along the uh, Buccaneers defensive line with Jason Pierre-Paul coming out, I think just today, he says he feels as healthy as he did in 2010. Like, he cannot stress enough to the local media that he is ready to go this season. He feels better than he has in many, many years. And that's a guy who's putting up double-digit uh, double sacks, damn near 10 sacks off of a broken freaking neck in half of a season. This man is a machine. We know it to be true. I know he's getting older, but he says he's healthy. You've got Shaq Barrett, who might be a little motivated. I'm, I'm curious to see how he starts his season. He just got that huge contract from Tampa Bay that – you know, he went and bet on himself, got 19 and a half sacks, mm -hmm. hit with the franchise tag, and here we are. Shaq got paid, so hopefully he's happy enough to go out there and perform. I think he's still, excuse me, I think he's still, you know, a top-tier edge rusher in the NFL, so I'm excited to see him. And then let's talk about the rookie. Joe Tryon will be making his regular season debut. Obviously, the expectations are he's a rotational guy, but with everybody being healthy, JPP talking about how healthy he feels, and Joe Tryon just being another wrench in the plans of any offense in the NFL that's, you know, going to try and guard these guys. With Zach Martin out, I see no reason that this defensive line should not at least get after the quarterback a good amount of the day. And talking about Dak Prescott, who can be shifty, he can he can get away from you, and the Bucs have trouble with that. But just keeping a guy like that under pressure keeping those receivers out there longer, keeping those plays developing, taking away windows. You know, that's what's going to win them this game. And uh, it all starts in the trenches. James, what are some storylines you're looking at either for the defense or really just this game in general? Yeah, you know, like Evan was talking about, some of those guys that are missing along that Cowboys offensive line could be one of the, you know, main deciding factors of how this game is going to go. You mentioned all those names, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Joe Tryon, even Vita Vea, you know, along the uh, defensive line there. All those guys, I think, can benefit a lot from some of the guys who are going to be out along that Dallas Cowboys offensive line. I didn't know there were two Connor McGoverns either, Evan. I thought, you know, whenever we had talked about it, I thought you were talking about the guy who played for the Jets, the Broncos. Yeah. That's not the case. I didn't nope. know that. I thought we were talking about that guy who's been in the league like six years um, but, but apparently there's another Connor McGovern. That's, that's interesting. So like Evan said, big drop off, right? Buccaneers have to attack those weaknesses that the Cowboys have now along that offensive line and exploit that with the, you know, large firepower that they have along that front seven. I think that's going to be huge. Um, absolutely. You know, Dak Prescott, he's coming off of an ankle injury. He's coming off of some shoulder problems. You know, he's pretty rusty. It's been a while since he's been in a full game of live bullets flying, right? So I think the Buccaneers do need to take advantage of that. I do think they need to attack with a lot of consistency against Dak Prescott. And uh, we'll see what they do. You know, Todd Bowles, he's been a very aggressive play caller since he's come into Tampa Bay. And right now, given all the circumstances surrounding the Cowboys offense, I would see you know, no reason as to why that shouldn't continue. Absolutely. While we talk about the defense, let's take a look at this secondary who, like I mentioned at the start of the show, might be without Jordan Whitehead, as we don't entirely know what his deal is. Uh, hasn't consistently practiced since the middle of training camp. He came back for a little while and then uh, was pulled back out of practice, and we kind of haven't seen him since. He didn't get any preseason action, as far as I understand. And... You know, Bruce has been confident in saying that he should be ready to go week one, but I believe what the first injury report comes out tomorrow, right? It came out today. It did come out today. Is is Jordan Whitehead on there? He did. He was on there. He did not participate in practice. Uh, the, the three Buccaneers that were on there were Jordan Whitehead, Antonio Brown, and Giovanni Bernard. Bernard and Brown were both full participation while Whitehead was listed and he just did not participate. So let's go ahead and assume that Jordan Whitehead isn't going to play just because no preseason reps. You missed out on the second half of training camp. You know, even if he is healthy enough to, you know, to go out there and play, I don't think he's going to be your starting safety, nor should oh. he. Um, so let's talk about this. Mike Edwards, 
who is probably going to step up and have a little bit bigger of a role. What kind of expectations do you have for Mike Edwards? And, uh, you know, how much of a test is this going to be for the secondary as a whole? You're missing Jordan Whitehead, but we know Mike Edwards has hands. He's a very, very talented guy. You know, we even talked about the possibility of Mike Edwards getting more playing time this year, what, two months ago when he was having a kick-ass camp. Um, so what are your thoughts, Evan? So uh, the, the interesting thing is the things that Mike Edwards does well are things that Jordan Whitehead doesn't do well, which makes it interesting because Whitehead sort of played that strong safety role for them a lot, being down in the box, being that blitzer. Uh, maybe you see Antoine Winfield Jr. maybe be that guy now. Uh, instead of Jordan Whitehead, because I don't, I'm not sure if Mike Edwards can consistently do that. He's more of a free safety, a guy that's going to roam around, kind of be a ball hawk. That's what he's always been. And even in Tampa Bay, um, he's been good at it too. So it'll be interesting to see how they, they kind of handle that. Does Ross Cockrell, does he get involved in the safety mix? You know, do they sort of do a safety by committee? I'm going to be interested to see how they handle that. It might be against certain defenses, you know, maybe, maybe the, the formations or uh, however these defenses line up that or offenses, excuse me, uh, how they may line up, you know, who knows? Uh, I know Corey Fleming, you know, brings up in the chat, bring up Andrew Adams from the practice squad. I don't think they do that that soon. Um, but if Whitehead misses extended period of time, maybe you see something like that. I think Adams can play in the box a little, probably a little bit better than Edwards can. Uh, I, I am excited to see Mike Edwards. I said in a take bag a few months ago, I was like, you know, he might win the safety job by default because Jordan Whitehead wasn't out there. And then he came back for like a week and then he was gone again. Uh, unfortunate for Whitehead, who, reminder, is in a contract year. So big year for, for Jordan Whitehead here. Uh, potentially um, and not not the best start but I think the Bucks have the depth to be able to overcome it yeah I think so for sure James what are your thoughts on the uh, secondary coming into this one so I do have a question so I might be remembering this wrong but isn't there a rule where you can like bring up two players on game day from the practice squad and potentially activate them I feel like there was some rule with that or am I thinking of something else I'm not sure, honestly. I'm I'm not sure. I have to I have to look into that. I'm not sure. If anybody okay. in the chat, if anybody in the chat knows, let us know. But I'm I'm personally not sure. Uh, okay. Um. So the idea of bringing up Andrew Adams, like you said, Evan, it might be a little bit too early for that, but maybe it's something they consider depending on what goes on with Whitehead. Like you said, he came back for one week. He looked really good whenever he came back too. He was getting interceptions. He was doing all these great things, and then he got he's, back out he, with injury. He, he's a good football player. He is. Yeah. And it's, 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 I don't think a situation where it's like, Oh man, you know, Jordan Whitehead, you know, he's not playing good and he's hurt. It's like, no, he's, he's plays great. He's just hurt. You know, it is what it is. So it will be interesting to see what they do with Mike Edwards and Antoine Winfield jr. Because they, you know, they don't have like a guy who his sole thing that he's great at is just laying on the hit stick. Right. Well, I mean, um, it's, it's Jordan Whitehead, you know, it's uh, aside from Jordan Whitehead. They, they don't have that guy. And I think that's what you were saying. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I misspoke. My apologies. No, so good. with a guy like Antoine Winfield jr. And Mike Edwards, you know, both those guys are going to be better in coverage. So that may help out in certain situations, but that also might take away certain aspects in run defense and things along those lines where Jordan Whitehead really helped out in regards to that. So against a back like Ezekiel Elliott, we'll see how that goes. You know, that might hamper their run defense a little bit, pay attention to that. Um, so that's kind of the big takeaway for me in regards to Jordan Whitehead, not playing in this game. Will they bring in Andrew Adams? Will they, you know, give Ross Cockrell? I mean, even in the case of like Ross Cockrell, even he gives you similar things to what Antoine Winfield Jr. And Mike Edwards do. So it's not like you're really throwing it, throwing anybody in there that can help replicate what Jordan Whitehead does. They just don't really have anybody like that right now, unless Chris Cooper goes out there and just starts laying, laying out <laughs> fools, you know, who knows, you know, so yeah. maybe more coverage type things with their safeties instead of just having a guy go down there and just lay the hit stick. Now we've talked a whole lot about uh, Dak Prescott, Dallas's passing attack, but we have yet to talk about that running back who may or may not be a factor. And that is big Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know, man. I I would like to believe that Ezekiel Elliott can can take steps towards the running back he was at one point. I don't think he's ever going to get back to that point. But let's not forget that for two years running, 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have had the number one run defense in the NFL. Uh, so if Dallas tries to run the ball, I don't know how well it's going to go for him. I know Ezekiel Elliott, you know, it's Zeke, it's it's whatever. He strives off of carries, but I don't think his ass is going anywhere. And um, I don't think he's going to be that much of a factor this year at all. Like, I kind of feel bad for some of the people who picked him in fantasy this season because I just don't think he's the guy anymore. Um, that inflated contract that I still cannot believe Dallas paid him. You know, there's just a lot of things about Zeke that seem uncertain right now, but you know, you take that uncertainty and you, you match it up against the best run defense in the NFL for two seasons straight. You're not going to get a very productive day, but uh, you know, we can talk about how the bucks are going to approach it, but truthfully, like I, I think they got it covered. You know what I mean? I'm not really too worried about Zeke. Is that a, uh, is that an accurate description? James would, would you say? Well, I did pick Ezekiel Elliott in fantasy, so you know <laughs> well, that is you, what it. You would okay. Number eight. I, no, I, I, I'm almost not even shocked by that. I did pick him in fantasy, number eight overall. Oh, uh, is your quarterback Jameis Winston? Who were my? No, <laughs> I considered it. My let me ask you. Let me ask you. Do you remember <laughs> you, the you, other you running did backs? Not consider it. Huh? You did not consider Jameis Winston. At the very end of the draft, I did. But my quarterbacks are Derek Carr, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Zach Wilson. Why do you have three quarterbacks? That's because terrible. they're all average. What? Yeah. I won't, Why do you have average What the hell? We're going from a game preview, and now we're going to talk about your fantasy team. The, the one question I wanted to ask you is that when you picked Ezekiel Elliott, eighth overall, what other running backs were on the board? Because I know that there were better options than Zeke with pick number eight. I don't remember who was on the board. Um. I'll I'll get that They're information and get back. I'll get, no, I'll get that information and get back to you on it. But um, I did pick him in fantasy, and yeah, I mean, you guys remember that stretch where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went up against like the best running backs in the league week after week after week. It was Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, like all these guys that were in their prime. They did phenomenal. Uh, it's kind of starting off that way again with Ezekiel Elliott. And I just, I talked about this a little bit early on, earlier on in the week. I know people are down on Zeke and I'm not just saying this because of fantasy bias, because he's on my team, but I, uh, I still think Zeke's one of the top running backs in the league is a pure runner, big physical runner. And, you know, weak, weaknesses along that offensive line, I think are going to hurt the running game. And I think that if you can stop Ezekiel Elliott, who in my opinion is still a main cog in this Cowboys offensive machine, it really is going to prevent the Cowboys from doing a handful of things that they do on offense. So I think it's going to be a huge priority. I've, you know, obviously, of course, the Buccaneers have had a top run defense the past two years. And I think that does matter, of course, but there's always that nugget of info in my head where Bruce goes, you know, Hey, this team hasn't done anything this year, doesn't you know, matter, so doesn't matter what you did last year or the year before. No, that is actually kind of correct. Right. So, I mean, like, I, I still think that the team is going to have a great run defense. Just, I, I just think that, you know, and yeah, Hey, I'm not a coach, so it doesn't matter, you know, for me, but, uh, you know, I, I just have that nugget in my head, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but overall, I think that if they can stop Ezekiel Elliott, which is a, you know, decent possibility of that potentially happening, given how the past couple of years have been going to be huge in terms of preventing the Cowboys from doing a handful of things on offense. Evan, your thoughts. This is a PSA. Listen up. <laughs> Listen up. This is a PSA to anyone that is in James Hill's fantasy football league. Please trade him a quarterback. <laughs> you know what please send him a quarterback james i am begging i'm still so perplexed why do you have three quarterbacks on your roster dude i took fitz he's, he's gotta have somebody in the flex position dude I like, look look we only play with one quarterback i took fitzy and i was like man he might get Fitzy. benched. We're calling him Fitzy now. I was like, I took Fitz, and I was like, man, oh, he might... any one of those guys might be benched. Look, <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, he might be benched at some point. I was like, I better like play it safe and take like Zach Wilson because I heard he's doing good in the preseason. <laughs> and then he's a rookie. I was and playing the... safe picking a rookie. Oh, and then I was, goodness. and then I was like, man, okay, well I've got he's Zach Wilson. He's a rookie on the freaking Jets. And I was like, man, I've got, safe. I was like, man, I've got Zach Wilson and Fitz. I was like. You know, I watched a YouTube video where Brett Collerman uh -oh. said that Derek Carr is a sleeper. 
Shoot, I'll roll Derek Carr. Let's go. This no no offense to you. This might be the most idiotic draft strategy I ever heard in my life. <laughs> hey, I have Josh. I have Josh Jacobs too. If it makes you feel I, better, I I, I have okay. I have Josh Jacobs in uh, I believe my ESPN league. Um, yeah, but you don't have the starting quarterback of the worst team in the league. No, you're goddamn right. I don't. You know what? You know what? Just go go talk about Ezekiel Elliott in the Cowboys running game, Evan. James, we love okay. you, buddy. Evan, your thoughts on uh, on Zeke? Is he going to be a factor this week? I'm more actually looking at Tony Pollard. Uh, you know, it's just in in the passing game. Uh, they really like to use Zeke can catch the ball, but like they use Tony Pollard for most of the screens or um, checkdowns and stuff. He's a pretty good receiving back. I'm looking more towards him because, like you said, I just I don't think I, I don't think Zeke is going to be able to run the ball. I just even if Zach Martin was in there, I just I just don't see it. So Zach Martin, who is their best offensive lineman, I think, is now not playing. I I don't see many holes that Zeke's going to have to run through. And uh, the Dominican Sioux was activated off of the COVID list today, so he's back. Vita Vey is, is good to go. Yeah, man. Will Golston, uh, it's going to be tough sledding, I, I think, for Zeke. So if you're a fantasy owner and you have Zeke Elliott week one, he's probably not going to get you that many points. But luckily, you have a quarterback or three quarterbacks that can really help you help you win. Yeah, um, yeah, because you know everybody knows that's that's how you win a league. You get three three very average quarterbacks. That's right. Um, that's that, right. Are offense, that are on offense. That are on offenses that aren't going to put up a lot of points. It's a ro- right. I, it's a rotation of whoever you believe in uh, believe in the most that week. This week mm-hmm. it's Fitz. <laughs> really quickly checking in with our live chat. Uh, our buddy Ethan says he picked Zeke at the end of his third round, which you know is you could do it then. Sure, yeah, right. If Zeke's there at the end of the third and you're picking towards the end of the round and you don't have a running back or you need one, sure, okay. But eighth overall, yeah, I took like, him eighth overall. I have to believe that there are better picks, even if it's not at running back. Get yourself a rece- uh, receiver with the first pick. Like just, I, I don't know. He you also be Ethan with- also says yeah, actually- that. Let me ask you, you something. James, might be, you, you might be better off with Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> did you also did you also draft Michael Thomas in the second? No, I wanted Michael Thomas, but I forgot to draft him. You, you forgot to draft in what the second round you wanted him? No, it was like I think the fifth round or something. He was looking, he was looking in the first and, round. No, like, 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 like I wanted him. I wanted him at number eight, man, and I just couldn't <laughs> nah, find him. No, no, no. So like I made my pick and I was like, okay, yeah, I feel happy with who I got. And then I saw Michael Thomas was on the board and I was like, wait, he's still there. I was like, oh, that's right, he's not gonna play. <laughs> Oh, and then man. and then somebody took him, so I was sad. G Vegas, the moderator, holding it down, says, "What's up, guys? My auto draft had me select Zeke and Dak, depending on. I'm curious what rounds those were." Um, Brent Allen of formerly the Pewtercast says, "What's up, boys? Happy 200th. Glad to have you here, Brent. Thanks for stopping by, my friend." Uh, Bucks time 12 says, "The James and Evan tour continues." Hell yeah, man! Corey, we're gonna get, we're gonna get we're gonna get in a cage one of these days. It's it's actually going to happen at the watch party. I think we mentioned that before. I think it's hell in a cell at the watch party. Little do we know. Yeah. Evan's going to throw you off the top of the cell into the beer garden. It's going to be awesome. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, right. Corey Fleming asks a great question, and this is the last we'll talk about the defense before we talk about the offense and some of the expectations there. He says, do you think Dak will be rusty? I I think he will show signs. And yeah, I, I mean, I think that's pretty true. This is a guy who's coming off of a pretty major injury, hasn't seen a lot of football action in a while, uh, wasn't too intensive over training camp, right? Didn't get a whole lot of reps. I know there was some uncertainty for a while. Um, but I think if the Bucks defense goes out there and does their job, if, you know, Vita Vea can clear a hole and Joe Tryon, Shaq Barrett, JPP, or whatever linebacker you send screaming on a blitz, if you can get in the backfield and disrupt things for Dak Prescott, I think he'll look a lot worse than we expect. Um, but with that said, it also wouldn't surprise me if he comes out here and, you know, plays like the Dak he did before he got injured last year. If, um, you know, if the Bucks shut down Zeke and Dallas has no choice but to be one-dimensional with their passing game, Dak can definitely sling it. And, you know, he's mobile enough in the pocket to where he's going to be making some things happen. But uh, I do think he will be a little rusty, and hopefully, you know, the Bucks can go and, uh, go out there and make his job a little bit harder. October 11th, 2020. That was the last time Dak Prescott played a football game. Um, that was the game versus the New York Giants where uh, he suffered a compound fracture and a dislocation to his right ankle. 
hasn't played a football game since. You better believe I think he's going to be rusty. I, I, I really do. Uh, before that, though, before that, that injury, I need to remind everybody, Dak Prescott was like one of, if not the best quarterback in the NFL. He was playing at a ridiculous pace. I think he's the 1, first 000. player in history to throw for three straight 500-plus yard games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah. was off to an incredible start. 1,856 yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions in just five games. That's that, that's a crazy stat line. So, just like you said, he can sling it. The question is, where's his mental state at? Right. Where's his mental state with missing your best offensive lineman and the first game back against the Super Bowl champions or defending Super Bowl champions, I should say, in their house uh, on prime time? Where's your mind going to be? Hey, how are you going to be feeling that pressure? Also, let me just throw this tidbit in there. I don't mean to interrupt you, but a full damn stadium. Oh, my God. Raymond James is going to be filled to the brim with red and pewter wearing sons of bitches that are going to be screaming their heads off. And it's going to be beautiful. It has the been annoying, such a long time coming. The annoying thing is that, like, there will be some Dallas fans there just because it's Dallas. You know, like, there there, like there will be. Like, that's annoying, but whatever. It's Who week cares? one. Somebody might um, get drunk enough to, like, start a fight and beat those guys up. Yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> let's hope. Um, but I like, anyways, like I said, Prescott was on a ridiculous pace last year, so he could play the game, right? And I talked about the receiver trio. I talked about Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. I haven't even mentioned Michael Gallup yet, who's one of the better slot receivers in the NFL and a consistent deep threat. The Bucs are going to need to watch out for every single one of them, right? This is this might be the, the best wide receiver trio they're going to face this year, and it comes in week one. And like you said earlier, I believe that the Bucs didn't – the defense didn't really deserve to be let off the hook for that Texans game. I didn't really think their performance was completely acceptable. And – they were okay. Let's see how it pays off. Let's see if they're going to come out ready to play this football game and face an offense that while they're missing their best offensive lineman, they have just a ton of talent. So it'll be interesting to see. The biggest thing is you just can't let Prescott sit there. You got to get after him, right? You got to find ways to get after him, especially with, with, with a four man rush because with the wide receiver trios, what you're not going to want to do as much is blitz because that could really leave your corners on an island. So with a four-man rush, you're going to have to get home or at least get pressure consistently. Make that – test that ankle out. Make him think about it and just just have him thinking all night. Have him become, by the third, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, have him be scared. When, when, right. when, when Every time he snaps the ball, have him be scared. That could lead to more mistakes more turnovers, stuff that he is actually pretty good at preventing. However, pass rush makes everything. I've, I've said, you know, pass rush, I think, is one of the most important things in football. If you have no pass rush, you will not win. And if the Bucks have no pass rush in this game, I don't know if they're going to win this game because it's just you can't let him just sit back there and have all of that. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback off of what you said about the pass rush, developing, winning the battles at the line of scrimmage and and forcing Dak Prescott to potentially make those mistakes is going to be important. I know we said we're going to you know talk about the offense here in a second, and we will. This is the last thing I want to ask you about the defense. We talked about the secondary in particular, that safety rotation. Maybe Mike Edwards getting more playing time, but let's talk about the corners. Um, It seems like Carlton Davis is probably going to match up against Amari Cooper. Mari Cooper's fast as hell, and uh, Carlton Davis does not do well against receivers like that. You know, how are we feeling about the matchups? You know, what corner is going to play where? How do you think the Bucs are going to use them and adapt to this style? Um, you know, is Carlton going to struggle? Because this is a guy that just earlier this week came out and said that he is second to none in the NFL as far as cornerbacks go. So I, I like the confidence. But that's going to be a shame if he says that. And then, you know, Amari Cooper has 100 yards in the first half. Yeah, um, I believe I said this on James's show. I, I think Cooper is going to be a real challenge for Carlton Davis. I really do. The way he is, how twitchy he is, and his route running ability, it's so quick. Amari Cooper doesn't have Tyree kill speed, but what he has is quickness, right? The, the type of corner that I think Carlton Davis works best with or I should say, I'm sorry, the type of receiver 
is Michael, a, a Michael Thomas type, a guy who's more of a possession receiver, uh, more of a guy that wants to win on size and not with speed or, or twitchiness or quickness. That's not Cooper. Cooper is a guy who's going to look to get open with quick routes, and that's something that Davis has struggled with. James counterpointed that with, look, he's the number one, re- number one corner. Amari Cooper is the Cowboys' number one receiver. So, you know, let's, let's uh, you know, you know what, what does that mean? What, what, what Hashtag that? number one corner. Hashtag, I didn't know we were doing I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, it's kind of, it's there, kind of a, I think that's it's a thing you. Carlton does sometimes. That, okay, yeah. well. Um, so, you know, that's, that's another side of it. So James, what do you think about not, not only Carlton Davis against Mari Cooper, but Sean Murphy bunting or Jamel Dean, somebody, you know, like that against these other two guys. Yeah. You know, we, we had talked about it, Evan, on the channel yesterday. Uh, if Carlton Davis wants to be a number one corner and he's exuding that confidence and saying, Hey, I'm second to none. I'm, I want to be one of the premier lockdown guys in this league. You've got to prove that. And how do you prove that? You go up against the number ones. So maybe Tom Bowles and the D, you know, the defensive minds for the Buccaneers coaching staff say, okay, prove it. Prove you're the number one guy here. You're you're in a contract year, you know. Mm-hmm. So so Good let's point. see, let's see what you can do. Um, go up against the number ones this year, regardless of what their abilities are and how you may or may not match up. You know, you're the number one corner. You're going to be going up against the number one guy. You want to lock them down. Show us you can do that, you know. So I think that there is a pretty legitimate chance there that, yeah, they will just say, okay, Carlton, you're going up against their number ones. Maybe they put Sean Murphy bunting on, say, Michael Gallup, and then maybe they put Jamel Dean on, like, a C.D. Lamb. That might be the scenario that happens there just to, you know, prove prove points as to what the – guys in the secondary have been saying about the confidence going into this upcoming season and whatnot, you know, you got to put your money uh, where your words are, so to speak. So I'm going to be very interested to see how they line up. That's kind of my guess as to how they're going to line up the grave diggers, man. I mean, they got their nickname, Eh, you know, I I talked, you know, we've talked about this. I'm still very iffy on that nickname. Maybe it'll grow on me. Who knows? You think there's like a copyright deal? They got to strike with the monster truck because I mean, Gravedigger is a fairly popular monster trucks. You don't really have to know jack all about monster trucks, but everybody knows Gravedigger. So like, I don't. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't know. The black and green wrecking machine, Dennis Anderson, dude. Come on now. I have no idea what you're talking about. You've never like in in your in your childhood. You never once went to a monster truck event. Or watched him on TV? Never happened. All right. Well, then forget I said anything. Um, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and talk about the offense. I will say that, you know, closing point as far as the defense goes, I really like that point that you brought up, James. You know, these guys have talked about how confident they are all throughout the offseason. They consider themselves some of the best in the league. And, I mean, you're going to be matched up against a pretty real, good group of receivers week one. You know, go out there and make a statement. Real quick, though, I wanted to – Bucks time 12 uh, asked, can, can, they, can we play quarters defense against these guys like in the Super Bowl? I don't know if that would work as well because Dallas is still going to be able to, to run the ball where, like, the Bucks knew Kansas City was just not going to run the ball. Right? Right. They, they knew that Kansas City had no desire to run the ball. So um, I, I don't know how well that would work. And then he also said, I whined all offseason about our need for a veteran corner and like didn't listen, LOL. Well, here's the thing. A veteran corner on this team would not probably start on this team. You're talking about a veteran corner. So were you asking for a number one corner? Were you asking for for like a just an example of like a free agent? Were you asking for like a Richard Sherman? Or, you know, like were you asking for like a big name guy like that? Because that's the only like Carlton Davis is the team's number one corner. Like that, that's it. Jamel Dean is probably the team's number two corner, and Sean Murphy Bunting is likely the nickel guy. So that would mean the veteran that you're bringing in has to be better than one of those three. With what money were you bringing in that veteran that's better than one of those three? You yeah, just, you I just mean, weren't able to do it. it. Yeah, and I mean, we look at the contracts the Bucks were able to make happen to bring all 22 starters back. Eventually, we started adding imaginary years to contracts so we could kind of cheat the system a little bit and save some money every now and again, you know, thanks to the uh, – Thanks to the knowledge and the high IQ mentality of that front office, they did an awesome job. But yeah, there just really wasn't that much more money they could have moved around to secure a guy who wasn't already here. Um, 
and I, I agree with Evan. You know, Carlton Davis is he's their number one corner. I think he was drafted to eventually be their number one corner. Um, you know, obviously you draft all your corners to be a number one guy, but Carlton Davis has kind of taken that role and and gone with it. He's he's been matched up with number one receivers a majority of the time. So uh with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about the offense. It's funny because this conversation isn't going to be nearly as long. Um, you know, let's talk about expectations for this offense. Looking back at the preseason, that first preseason game against Cincinnati, they got six total snaps. Didn't do very much with it. It's okay. It was the first preseason game back, and it was only six snaps, right? It was a slow start preseason week three against Houston, and then two 90-plus yard scoring drives by Tom Brady and company to get them an early exit in the second quarter. Now, Dallas defense is not the Houston Texans. So I'm very curious to see what kind of start but the offense they're has. All, they're also not they're also not the steel curtain. So. Uh, right. I mean, you know, pretty rough to be honest with you. They're not they're not Houston, but they're not anything much better. You know, I mean, they are a step up, I think, compared to Houston for sure, just because that entire Houston's barely an NFL team. Right. That entire organization is a train wreck right now. It's a dumpster fire. But um. A slow start would not surprise me. I feel like the Bucs are going to go out there on the first drive. Fans are going to be hype. Crowd's going to be loud. They're going to hand it off to Ronald Jones twice. Maybe Tom Brady throws it to the flat. Gio Bernard sitting out there, and they don't get a first down. And then it's a three and out. But after that, you know, I'm curious to see what kind of start they develop. I'm not going to be upset with a slow start. I almost expect it. And maybe, maybe I'm, you know, a jerk for expecting it. But... I'm just kind of curious to see where these guys are at. I want to believe that they're in a much better place than the defense is. And that's kind of saying something because the defense just won us a goddamn Super Bowl. But we're talking about preseason performance and kind of, you know, judging off of the most recent action we saw from these guys. Um, What I'm trying to ask is, Evan, where do you think this offense is? Are, are they going to be ready to go? Um, You know, is Tom Brady going to throw four touchdowns in this game or what kind of game are we going to see? Well, it's it's interesting. Uh, let me just preface this. Dallas's defense sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. It, it's terrible. Uh, guys, last year, they allowed 30-plus points in eight of 16 games. That's half of their games. They allowed 30-plus points. They allowed 40-plus points in two of those games. This defense is bad. This defense is bad. And there's a reason that Dallas drafted an entire defensive class this year, starting with Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. He'll help. He ain't, uh, he ain't Lawrence Taylor. He's, <laughs> he's not helping that much. Uh, so they, they're, they're rough. And this Bucks offense, you look at it on paper and you say, okay, this game should be 45 to 40 final score because these two offenses are just going to score a bunch. I, I, don't, I don't know – Obviously, there is going to be some rust, I think. I personally think the starters, I went on record saying I thought the starting offense should have played a little bit more in the preseason. I really did. Maybe they play an extra drive versus Cincinnati, not just one, you know, because they have, what, six plays or whatever. Do you think if uh, maybe, I mean, this isn't even important, but let me just ask if you think Brady wasn't sacked, they might have gone out there for another drive? Maybe. I think, I think that the offensive line kind of maybe scared Bruce a little bit and was like, all right, let's get him out of there. <laughs> uh, the offensive line was able able to clear some stuff up, though. Obviously, the Houston game, which we talked about, Houston's nothing to. It's not like they just beat you know the best defense of all time, but it was nice to see them progress like that. Uh, like I said, this defense is is rough, and we all know the, what the Bucks' offense has to offer. We really do. And now they have an extra layer because they have an actual receiving back, something yeah. they didn't have last year. Uh, whether it's against the rush. I believe against the rush, Dallas was the 31st ranked team. And against the pass, they were 23rd, I think, something like that. Uh, I'm not sure exactly in those numbers last year, but wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't that. good. <laughs> and the, obviously those guys, the young defense, they have more experience now. But this is another one where we're talking about the Bucks defense facing Dallas's offense week one. This isn't a good matchup for Dallas's defense facing the Bucks week one. So expect Brady to just – beast i just i don't i don't have much worry about scoring points i i have more worry about you know the defense you know like 
does the offense need to be absolutely perfect to win this game? That that's my worry in this game. That like the offense, like the defense may not be able to find their footing right away. And Dallas is gonna have a lot of success. I'm not I'm not concerned about Brady. I'm not concerned about Evans, Brown, Godwin, whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely be. none of those I mean, guys. I don't I just think it's gonna be not easy, but I think you're gonna see a lot of points scored early and often. How do you James, think this offense Q. is gonna start, James? Yeah, you know, one thing that I kind of want to see is no huddle stuff. You know, we saw that in that and you it know, worked. couple of, yeah, it worked amazingly well against the Texans. Now, you guys will be pleased to hear, I didn't draft anybody on the Houston Texans. Uh, so that's <laughs> smart, good. Smart, smart man, even though you did still draft three quarterbacks. So. Yeah, you know, it's fine. So, you know, I'm not I'm not completely lost on on uh, some things around the league. <laughs> the <laughs> offensive powerhouse that is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Washington football team this year, man. Hey, that, hey don't count out Fitz. But <laughs> Zach, uh, Zach Wilson, the New York Jets. It's who, all the buzz in New York, baby. Who's Rashad Perryman. That's 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 my wide receiver one. Rashad that's Perryman a, is not on the team anymore. Oh, he's not on the Jets anymore. No, he's, he's not on the, the Lions anymore. Yeah, oh, yeah, he did sign with the Bears. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I guess that goes to show how much I know about the Jets' offense. But um, <laughs> look, the no huddle stuff. Even if it is against the Texans, you know that is still an NFL defense at the end of the day. And Tom Brady was masterful running, you know, no huddle stuff. So I want to see more of that. You know, Byron Leftwich. You know, in terms of doing things that other people suggest. He gets kind of stubborn. You know, we've heard him go out there and say to the media, I don't know what you guys are talking about with motion stuff. We're not going to be doing that. <laughs> the, 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 the first the first play, Gronkowski, the first play that the, the false start was on in the Texans game, Gronkowski was in motion like five different times. Yep, I know. So it's <laughs> I don't know what Byron Love, which is Tom out, you know, coming away from the bye re, from the bye week last year. You know, hey, what about play action stuff? I don't know what you guys are talking about, play action, you know? And then they go out there and it's, you know, it, Byron is stubborn, I think, with certain things Byron left, which is in terms of saying like, hey, Byron, why don't you guys do this on offense? And he goes, yeah. You know, so I don't know. I want to see. going to give his game plan away. I, I mean, I, I've been like a yeah. Byron Leftwich defender here. And like, why is he going to give his, he's going to say, oh yeah, we're going to do play action. We're going to do no huddle. We're going to do all this stuff. Why is right, he going to say that? Right. And I, I do understand that, but you've also seen it's, it's, I mean, come on. It's not a secret sometimes what works in the NFL, right? So you'd imagine that they're just going to go anyway, whatever, whatever. It's fine. Point is I want to see more no huddle stuff from this Buccaneers offense because it worked in the final preseason game. Like you both said, the starters, I think they're going to play really well. Dallas's defense to be nice. They're a little rough. Uh, and I want to see the Buccaneers utilize that wide receiver trio that they have that has two future hall of famers in it. And a guy who would be a number one on many different teams throughout the league. I think that that's going to be huge. Get Ronald Jones going uh, in terms of the running game. Maybe you want to throw a little bit of Leonard Fournette in there in goal line situations. And then you have Giovanni Bernard as a safety valve in a certain passing situations, which I think is going to be huge because that's something Brady didn't have as much last year. So I think the offense can have a really, really good game in week one. I think at the end of the day, uh, if we're honest with ourselves, anybody who has followed Bruce Arians track record with, you know, just quotes since he has been the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this he entire, lies. this entire coaching staff will not tell you the truth. Um, you know, so don't be shocked if Byron left, which says some, some, you know, some shit out of left field, like we're not doing any motion. I don't know what you're talking about because I guarantee you that when these media outlets take a quote like that and run with it, and a lot of the national ones pick it up and legitimately think it's a problem, Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, and maybe Tom Brady sit around in a meeting room and just look at their phones and probably giggle to each other. You know what I mean? Like they just, they like messing with you. Um, and not just you, James. I mean, everybody likes messing with you, but specifically me. Yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. like they're just, you know, like Evan said, they're not going to give you the game plan. He's not going to say, yeah, we were really good at motion last year. So we're going to, you know, we're going to do it twice as much this year. Like, you know, if you can avoid, uh, you know, it's not really something that they have on film a whole lot. I mean, yeah, it worked last year, but, you know, preseason footage is only so much you can go off of. So not giving away your game plan, I think, is just um, the idea behind everything that they do. But this is a coaching staff that has a history of doing stuff like that. So. I think it's a funny story all around, but um, 
honestly, I, th- I think I think we kind of set our piece about the offense and the defense. I know I said that, you know, the conversation about the offense is going to be a lot shorter, and that's because I think there's a lot more comfortableness there. You know, we're not worried about Tom Brady. He looked masterful as he usually does in the preseason, 10, 11 straight complete passes in a row. Uh, the guy knows how to find an open receiver. I'm not worried about Mike Evans. Not worried about Antonio Brown. I'm not worried about Chris Godwin. How about Chris Godwin in that Houston game, right? I'm so excited for the year that he's about to have on this offense. Scotty Miller, OJ Howard's going to be healthy. Cameron Bright is back out there. Your offensive line is all healthy, ready to go. Alex Kappa's ready to go. Tristan Wirfs is ready to have a better first year than he did, or I'm sorry, a better second year than he did his first year. And that's, you know improving on one sack allowed the entire season for a rookie campaign. This guy's about to be an all pro. This offense is in good shape uh, with everybody healthy and, and ready to go for week one. There really don't seem to be a lot of concerns here from this camp. Now, ladies and gentlemen, to wrap up every single episode of the cannon fire podcast, it is the newest segment on the show and uh, something I'm excited to hear as the course of the season rolls on. It is Evan's take bag. Evan, do you have a take this week? So, I haven't talked to Rhett about this. So this is actually the first he's hearing about this. The t- take bags will be exclusive for post-game shows. Oh, until okay. Then, so, all right. Well, until damn. then, hey, time out. Until then, let's bring back a checklist for a minute. Okay. All right. I like let's it. Bring, let's, let's bring back a checklist. The weekly let's checklist, bring back a, baby. a checklist staple. So, I have, I have keys, <laughs> right? Uh, you know what's coming. Oh, I know, you know exactly what's coming. what's coming, man. So I, I have keys to the game. Uh, first key: don't let Dak get comfortable. I talked about it. Just don't, don't let him get comfortable. Make him the mental game. Got to play the mental game with Dak. Three: uh, don't underestimate. Or sorry, two: don't underestimate Dallas's wide receiver trio. Talked about that. Two on offense: use the play action early and often. It works. It always works. Okay. Checklist. There you go. I think the chat knows too. Make your kicks. God damn it. Just make your kicks. Make your kicks. Is this because of the uh, little bit of uncertainty regarding Ryan Suckup in the preseason? This is my no. This this is my commitment to a bit. Because I well the bit ended when I remember you saying we can take make your kicks off of the weekly checklist I know, because we have it, enough it's faith it's in Ryan one. suck up because he is now our kicker. Suck up doesn't suck. We've said this a bunch, but suck up it, does it's, not week, suck. It, it, it's week one. Let's just have fun. If he makes all of his kicks, it won't be on the list ever again. You won't see it this year. You won't see it, but week one, just don't, don't start off on a bad foot. Just, just make your kicks. Also, real quick, before we each go into our record predictions, I have a few stats of my own on just some some like head-to-head matchups type deal. Tom Brady is 5-0 and versus the Cowboys in his career. Dak Prescott is 2-0 and versus the Bucks in his career. Something's got to give. Somebody's going to have a loss. <laughs> or, or there might be a tie. Who knows? Then we're, you know. Can you imagine that? Where you have to review a game that's a tie? I wouldn't even know how to react. Um Mike McCarthy, as the Dallas head coach, is 0-1 in openers, but he's 8-5 all time. Bruce Arians, as the Buccaneers head coach, is 0-2 in openers. Not great. He's 2-5 all time in, in, in openers. Uh, so not a great stat for good old Brucey boy. But uh, hopefully, you know, I mean, I know people will bring up, well, Tom Brady, every time he <laughs> loses the first game, he wins the Super Bowl. So maybe, you know, that, you know, that's going to be something we'll remind people. If Dallas beats the Bucs, that's the first thing I'm going to remind somebody. I'm like, well, this means the Bucs are winning the Super Bowl. So do you really care? <laughs> there you go, man. I, I like it. Um, before we get to score predictions, I will say one of the things that I want to add to the checklist this week, and I stressed it right at the beginning of the show, you got to win the battle in the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think not letting Dak get comfortable obviously is going to be in the hands of all of our guys along the defensive line. Your Shaq Barrett, your JPP, your Joe Tryon, your Devin White coming on a blitz. I mean, even your Indomitasu and Vita Vea clearing holes or just getting into the backfield like they tend to do every now and again. Keeping Dak uncomfortable is going to happen at the line of scrimmage. And obviously, 
controlling the run game is also going to happen at the line of scrimmage. So if you win the battle of the trenches, I think you win this game. Uh, James, before we do score predictions, do you have any keys to the game you want to add? No, I think you guys both covered it pretty well, but I do have the running backs who I picked Ezekiel Elliott over. Oh my God. Oh, here we go. So I picked Ezekiel Elliott over Jonathan Taylor. Wrong. Aaron Jones. Wrong. Austin Austin Eckler. Triple wrong. James, what the hell, dude? You don't even have to keep, you don't even have to keep going. Nick Chubb. Uh, Antonio Gibson. Najee Harris. Mm. Eh. Joe Mixon, Clyde okay. Edwards Hilaire. Right. Now, now you're getting a little far. James yeah, oh, Robinson. So okay. there we go. Well, I would pick Zeke over James Robinson, maybe Clyde Edward Hilaire, <laughs> and uh the other no name that you said at the end of that list. But like, dude, those first three running backs, that's like, you know, top five pick material. Big brain what strats. What the hell? Big ba- big brain strats for I should have I I, I who, who are your wide receivers, James? Uh, DK Metcalf and Robbie Anderson. This team sucks. <laughs> and then, oh, LaVisca Chenault. Oh, my What's your name? You pick somebody on the Jaguars. I got the Dolphins defense. <laughs> yeah. Hey. You pick, you pick your quarterback is on the Jets. One of your wide receivers is on the Jaguars. Your 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 running back is fat, eats cereal like a madman. <laughs> oh my god, James, we love you, man. Who's running... your tight end? Oh, Eric Ebron. <laughs> of Jesus. course it is. <laughs> oh, he sucks to my James. Who, who, who's your who's your kicker? Who's your kicker? Cairo Santos. <laughs> what team is Cairo Santos on nowadays? The Bears. He's on the Bears. Who are going to suck with Andy Dalton, so they won't score any points. So good job there. It makes you feel better. Uh, I took like a lot of running backs. You took a lot of running backs. So you had you had room for you did well. You didn't take as many as those the them QBs. You took a lot Uh, of them, and all of them are worse than Ezekiel Elliott. I bet. Probably. (laughs) Who are the other running backs? Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. Okay, not bad. Mike Davis. Not horrible. Michael Carter, Trey Sermon. Uh, you, so you drafted a Jamal another. Williams and hey, James White. You, dra- you, dra- you drafted. You drafted you James drafted White, who just retired. He did. Uh, did James uh, White not uh, just retire? No, no, no. That was um, Deion Lewis. Oh, okay. Yeah, James White's re-signed with the Patriots. Okay. Um, so you, th- just the recap here. You drafted yeah. two two New York Jets. Mm-hmm. One Jacksonville Jaguar, mm-hmm. one uh, one Detroit Lion, two Detroit Lions, two Detroit Leeds gets even better, two Detroit Lions, uh-huh. <laughs> and you have three quarterbacks on the roster. Good, correct, job. correct. Good, just a bang up job. Just correct. Hey, Ethan just in the a... chat says it best. James, that team is lethal. An offensive powerhouse. Zach Wilson and Zeke with three point five yards of carry. You're taking the league this year. That's right. Um, That's right. Let's uh, let, let, let's forget about his horrid fantasy team. And James, if if you know, whenever you come back on the show, we will need updates on how your fantasy team is. Oh yeah, surely every single being like zero and seven. Every single time you come on, I was gonna I was gonna say zero and seven. Oh man, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm gonna be zero and seven. Did you uh, did you did you draft through the NFL app, ESPN? ESPN. Oh, did it? It didn't give you like a post draft grade. Uh, I don't know. I was NFL, an F. NFL app, it it'll send you like a you know a draft grade, basically how the experts think you're gonna do. And it'll oh. it'll like show you like a like a like a projected record. Basically. Oh, I'll check. I'll check right now. Red, uh, what no, was what good. was yours? Uh, I got a B for my draft in the CFP fantasy league. By the way, we did draft the other night for the Cannon Fire fantasy league. Good luck to everybody in there. Uh, and if you were in the league and also just so happen to be in the live chat right now, say what's up, man. Um, but yeah, I got a B and I will read you my, uh, I'll read you my team grade right now. Don't worry, folks. We will get to the score predictions. We're just, hey, dude, we're it's just the end of the show. It's the, episode we're 200. building the suspense. We're building the suspense. <laughs> Hold on. Let me pull this up here. Um, who won your draft? Definitely not me. So I got a B. My projected record is five and 10. And uh, I am projected to tie for eighth. After picking last overall, Tampa Bay bust down, which is my fantasy league or my fantasy team, 
is projected to land eighth place in the Cannon Fire Fantasy League. Let's hope that prediction serves as bold to- uh, bulletin board material with their first five picks. They followed a balanced approach, taking a quarterback, two running backs, and two wide receivers. By draft's end, Tampa Bay bust down, landed a quartet of running backs with plenty of room to grow. Yeah. So I don't understand this because my draft grade was a C plus, worse than yours. <laughs> my projected record is six and nine, which is better than yours. How does that work? I have no idea. I'm curious who the I'm curious who the lucky son of a bitch is who got the email that said he's going 14 and one this season because apparently probably, probably Fisher. <laughs> Fisher, if you're listening to this, you're too good at fantasy. Oh yeah, what's uh, what's the name of his team? The the Peloton Beatdown or Peloton Pressure Peloton, or something? Yeah, I I call Peloton, Peloton Pounders. Yeah. Uh, Chris yeah, Fisher, just, formerly I, of the Bucks Brief Podcast, is a special guest in this year's CF Fantasy I just, League. I, I I I just call him Peloton Boy now. He's, he, I mean, he's literally sponsored. He tells me, yo, he, tell, we, he has the shoes, he has the shirts. He, oh yeah, like he, the dude's a madman with it. Oh yeah, yeah, he's all in. All right, enough about fantasy. We'll talk about that at a later date when uh, hopefully all of us are winning our leagues, right? Um, let's do some score predictions and get the hell out of here. I'll kick things let's off. I think, and also let's do something else too. Score predictions and also. Which player scores the first touchdown of the 2021 campaign? I like let's it. Let's just do that. Do that little bonus. I, like I know it. I'm putting okay. you on the spot, but let's just do that little bonus. Hey, I like it, man. We're all about uh, high pressure situations around here. So, final score prediction: I do have the Buccaneers winning this one by more than one possession. Not quite as much as you would think, though. I think Dallas shows some signs of life, and they can get on the board. But ultimately, the Bucks run away with this one, and uh, they shut them out in the second quarter. I have got Tampa Bay winning. By a score of 31 to 21, Tampa Bay is out on top. As far as the first touchdown of the year goes, I think uh, I'm going to ride the hot hand of what I saw from this offense, and I think it's big 1-4 Chris Godwin who finds himself in the end zone. Brady to Godwin for the first touchdown of the year. James, speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, I was really hoping you were going to forever hold your peace, but okay, speak. I'm going to say 34-24 in oh, favor of the, the... 10-point buffer, I see. In favor of the Bucks, I think Gronk's going to score the first touchdown. Brady really, to Gronk. In-depth in, in analysis there, really good. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go... Uh, you know, everybody... I think everybody hates when I do record uh, score predictions. Because, you know, most of I'm more than likely out of these three, I'm the most likely one to pick the Bucks to lose. You picked However, them to lose the NFC championship game. And I don't, I don't I think a lot of people are ready to forget that. I did. Uh, however, this is not that day. The, the Bucks win 34 to 28. It is a one possession game. Um, I think that it's, it's a one possession game, but I think it's one where Dallas maybe scores a touchdown with like three minutes left. And it's like, Ooh, or is Dallas going to complete the comeback? And then they just don't. Um, I do think they're going to put points up on the board. I think the bucks are going to put points up on the board. My first touchdown going to roll with the person who I picked to be offensive MVP business is booming. Mr. Antonio Brown. Welcome to Tampa Bay for a full season this time, for a full season, your first full season with the Bucks. You, my friend, are going to score the first touchdown of the 2021 season. And Raymond James Stadium is going to explode. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter who is in the end zone for that first touchdown of the year. I'm just excited. Just a full stadium, dude. Like, oh, my God. It's just it's so great to think about. But, real uh, quick, drop drop your drop your guys' record predictions in the in the chat really fast before we end off here. You know, just drop them in. Let us know who do you think is going to score the first touchdown. Score yeah, predictions. Who, who do you think? Score predictions, not record yeah, predictions. Sorry, yeah, not we record did, predictions. We did that show like a month ago. We already, we, well, we already did this and got criticized for picking them to win fourteen games or whatever it was. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Firstly, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you uh, who are listening to the show right now. If you're hanging out live on YouTube, you're very much appreciated. Shout out to the moderators holding it down, uh, the damn near 50 people on our live stream right now, which is really cool. To anybody who has ever listened to the show, uh, whether you liked it or you didn't, we do appreciate you because we are still here 200 episodes later. And um, 
you know, a lot of the people who have showed support lately, uh, it, it makes this worth it. You know what I mean? And, and we're really glad to be here talking Bucks football with you guys. And we're glad that, you know, we have an audience. Like, it, it still blows my mind that I do a podcast yeah. out of my apartment and people voluntarily listen to it's, it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I told you that. I was like, it's crazy. Like, I think about that sometimes. Like, people, like, literally sit there and choose to listen to what I have to say. Like, it's just, like, it's crazy. Like, I would never think it. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Like I, I really do. Um, you know, it was a great 2020 with a championship, but now let's go for two. All right. Let's do it, man. James. Thank you for coming on the show this week. Make sure you guys check out James channel at Mr. Box nation. What kind of great content are you cooking up this season? First off, as a regular listener of the Cannon Fire podcast, it, it feels great to know that you guys appreciate me. You know, I can feel the love. Um, <laughs> and then second is, uh, yeah, this upcoming Thursday, I will be doing the live stream reaction week one, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Dallas Cowboys. Stay tuned for that. Uh, it's going to be a blast. I do, uh, you know, play-by-play commentary. I've also got a couple more videos coming out leading up to that game so stay tuned for that as well mr bucks nation here on youtube it's a great thing and if you guys are new here by the way to the cannon fire podcast go ahead and subscribe hit the like button if you enjoyed this show this live stream that we did and again like evan said leave your thoughts about what you think the score is going to be and then also leave who you think is going to score the first touchdown down in the chat below and again, oh, yeah, thank yeah. you guys for having me on 200 episodes, baby. Let's have like 10,000 more. Oh yeah. That's the plan, brother. Make sure you guys follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon fire podcast, best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of box news, as it happens. You can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at bucks underscore daily the number one Buccaneers <clears throat> fan page on Instagram, rapidly approaching 30,000 followers. Follow myself on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. And something I really want to do a little bit more this season, while we're kind of, you know, this is like the season premiere edition of the show, so we got to get all these formal announcements and plans out of the way. I really want you guys to email us, goddammit. Uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Send us a take. Send us something you agreed with, didn't agree with, something you want to talk about, whatever it is. Send it to our email. It is always open. We're going to figure out the phone line deal here soon. I promise you we will have call-in shows this season. We just got to kind of figure out some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. But in the meantime, send us an email, cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com. With that being said, folks, I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish. And our very special guest coming up from the practice squad for episode 200, Mr. Bucks Nation, a.k.a. James Hill. Thank you guys for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. I am Rhett, signing off from my co-host. And as always, we'll talk to you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.